don't give a fuck. I have a dream. We are here. In the past hour, a vigil remembering Oscar Grant wrapped up. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. Do not ever let anyone make you feel like you don't matter. And we're saying that there's a system that allows for one or two black people to get out. And when you talk about a revolution, most people think wild. What's going on, world? Welcome back to another episode of the If Anyone Cares podcast, the Minneapolis podcast for those who are willing to listen. I am your host, Jindelta Ray, here with another guest in the hot seat this week. Now, she's a graduate from Columbia College in Chicago. I just found out that is a school that Kanye West dropped out of. She has a degree in journalism. She's also a spoken word artist and a painter, if I'm not mistaken. You paint too, don't you? For play play. Oh, okay. And um, she's a pescatarian slash vegan chef, okay, based on her stories. She is a goddess and a queen. Welcome to the show, Miss Kai Clarity. Hi. How you doing? Let us know who you are, what you do, girl. Yes, yes. So I do all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to say I'm just like an expert storyteller. Mm, that's and real. The reason I say that is because you can tell stories in so many different avenues. Absolutely. It can writing is my first love. So mm-hmm. let's be very clear. Writing is my first love. You will I always say if I don't have children, yeah, my words will be my legacy. Okay. Period. Um so writing's my first love. I decided to change my major from business to journalism because of Tavis Smiley. Mm. He literally and you remember the power of conference uh the power the of power diversity. Power diversity, yeah. I was in that and he literally had us close our eyes and he was like, If there's one thing you can do for the rest of your life for free, what would it be? Right. And I said, right. Yeah, same. So I changed to journalism. So yeah. that opened me up to different avenues to tell stories through all the jobs I've had, being a server, everything. Yeah. At the end of the day, my core is telling a story, not Absolutely. lying. Mm-hmm. And but- I was I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day. I'm like, when you're a spoken word artist or even just a poet or a writer, you are we are the most some of the most honest people to walk this earth because you can't get up on a microphone and say no bullshit you know what i mean you have to be authentic label right but (laughs) (laughs) you gotta you have to be a thoroughbred you have to be authentic so speaking of journalism i gotta tap into this real quick because i can't (laughs) i can't talk about this this week without bringing this up so you're a journalism major and i've seen you post things about um how things are written and how things are said in the media Mm Um, I want, cause we're going to be talking about the discourse between black men and black women and the toxicity between all of us. But I want to first talk about the toxicity that we see online. Mm. Um, specifically gorilla glue girl. <laughs> you know what? This is what's so crazy. I don't even know how to, I genuinely, I started to rant on Instagram about that last night yeah. on her side, right? Mm-hmm. Because. I'm not into wigs. Let me preface that. Yeah. I have a wig on my head right now, y'all. Mm-hmm. It is a Amazon glueless <laughs> wig with a lace, I guess. I really don't know. I have my little play sister hook it up. <laughs> it doesn't but look bad. In, thank you. <laughs> in my recollect, to my recollection, I remember the Gorilla Snot gel. Yeah. I remember buying that. I remember my play sister was the one who told me to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so when I first heard the story, my brain went to the Gorilla Snot 
I'm thinking it's I'm really thinking it's their brand. It's yeah. just super strong. Yeah. I'm not realizing this mother this lovely lady, <laughs> Jessica Brown. <laughs> and now I wanna know, like, did you buy it at Lowe's or did you buy it at Earth's? <laughs> like now I'm there. But in the beginning when I'm first just reading headline, when I first seen on TikTok, I'm not thinking too deeply into it. I'm like, that's an easy mistake. Yeah. You know, because adhe- the word adhesive is in all the different glues got to be glues and, yeah. and hair glues and shit. So I'm thinking she walked into a beauty supply because I just did that. I walked mm-hmm. in. I don't know shit. I expect the owner mm-hmm. of a beauty supply to know everything. Right. I didn't look at shit. I said, hey, I'm trying to glue this wig down. I don't want it to be too glued down because I really want a glueless wig, but mm-hmm. I'm about to go out on vacation. I said, should I get the spray or the gel? She's like, oh, they do. They both do the same thing. Blah, 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 blah. I said, all right, let's just try the spray because mm-hmm. I'd had the gel before. So I try the spray, and I tell my friends – or I put it on, my friends are complimenting me, and then I tell her, like, girl, this, you know, this spray ain't. She's like, no, you need to get the gel and the spray. Mm. So that showed me right there. I'm like, these motherfuckers. And this was in Africa. This was in Brooklyn Park. Yeah, this they wasn't one of the Asians. They just trying to sell to us, you but they're not trying to help us. So with me having the knowledge of, like, knowing that beauty supply owners don't always know what they're carrying in their store, me first thought hearing Gorilla Glue or Snot Glue, I'm thinking of the hair product. I'm like, why are y'all coming for this girl? <laughs> it's common sense. It's no. like, it's an easy mistake. Yeah, no. And then I said, wait, because see, this is here's journalism. Mm-hmm. I posted those stories. I would post my rant. I said, let me go, just let me just go read the bottle. Mm-hmm. I started reading that motherfucking bottle. Yeah. I realized it was on, I looked at Walmart and Lowe's. Yes, ma'am. And I'm like, why did she think this was for hair? Like, it the? says it right on the I'm like, label. I don't see anything that says don't put it on your hair, granted. Mm-hmm. Nothing says do not. But everything else pretty much lends itself to it being an adhesive for some type of construction work. Yeah. So I had to go and I deleted the motherfuckers so quick. <laughs> I always fact check, baby. That's right. why they don't like me. Oh, you think you know everything. No, I just. Right. I'm going to make sure. I try to speak on things I know. Right. And if I don't know. Then whatever. But reparations for all fuck it. Sue them people. <laughs> <laughs> I say the GoFundMe. I don't like the GoFundMe. Yeah. Because we know that that's us giving money. Yeah. I, the reason I bring this up, though, is because I feel like I hate when this happens. I hate when it's not even. Okay. Tessica Brown is a one-off situation. But I hate when this happens when there's somebody in the limelight and then we just start publicly attacking that person. Yes. And we're not on the same page. I yes. feel like other races don't do that. No. It's just us. And it's like, I was looking at at a a thread on uh, Twitter last night and everybody got their opinions and going back and forth. I don't like the GoFundMe, but why she, I low-key don't like the GoFundMe though because I don't don't understand. She does have a dance team and I'm like, okay, maybe the funds are going to go to that, but it's like, I'm not going to give you five, ten, fifteen dollars for your own stupidity. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I would have read the label. That's not my problem. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to know what store did you walk into for real? Because I I do feel if the beauty supply had it in there, like if she really walked into a beauty supply store specifically, Mm -hmm. then there really should be a lawsuit there. Yeah. But if you walked into even Walmart, because Walmart sells everything. Right. You know, and Target then, sells everything. But then there's so many inconsistencies. We're going to get to the, the discourse in just a second. But there's so many inconsistencies because it's like, as a black girl, and me thinking about sleek ponytails, right? Mm-hmm. I spray some shit on my head. I'm going to either, one, slick it down with my hand, two, with a brush, or put a scarf over that bitch. Mm-hmm. She didn't do none of those. I'm like, it, something's not adding up for me. I also, though, truthfully, at my core, I know we all know people do some stupid shit for fame. <laughs> but it don't typically be, I mean, it be black people, don't get me wrong. But it's more like a challenge that was already started. Yeah. Or, or 
I don't even know how to describe it. What I'm trying to say is, oh, I don't think she did it for this specifically. Yeah. I think she did it, mm-hmm. posted it, yeah. realized the traction, yeah. and said, what the fuck can I get from this? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't think it was intentional the way people, that's what I don't like our people doing. Yeah. I have a few TikTok like faves mm-hmm. that are coming for her so hard. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one guy, I don't remember his name, but he's just... All, she's all types of stupid bitches, yeah. dumb bitches, and she did the what? What? What stupid shit can I get on the internet for? Get mm. viral, you know those types of comments. I just feel like this. I'm always for unity first. Yeah, I think that is our number. Fuck everything else. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you understand ancestral pain, mm-hmm. you have to understand how important it is for us to be unified. unified yeah. Even if we have some <clears throat> critiques, yeah. Even if we have some discernment issues like okay we not we're not sure which way it's going i just it, it's no different than this like you want your man your partner your best friend people close to you mm-hmm. if you're dead ass wrong you want them to have your back yeah in public yeah and you want them to correct you yeah. in private but with love though but with love and that's the problem and that's why i, I sometimes i hate going on social media when it comes to these things mm-hmm. because there's no love there's, there's no, no love. empathy there's no understanding and it's mm-hmm. like yes baby girl made a mistake and she might be riding his way for clout she got over half a million followers in 2 days you know what i mean and it's like what's she supposed to do though right it goes back to my kardashian thing y'all mad at the kardashians Y'all the one if y'all, y'all stop it watching it. I get yeah. literally. We're 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 too far now. We're mm-hmm. we're too far now. But when the shit first started, if you didn't watch, mm-hmm. if you weren't so thirsty to see what the fuck Kim was wearing, if you weren't so thirsty to then there would be no card. We made the Kardashian. We as America have to acknowledge that. That's black right. America. That's everyone. Yeah. We made them what they are. Right. Because there are people with more talent. Mm-hmm. There are the, even the Braxtons yeah. are on the level of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. In their you own feel way, me? absolutely. So we we did that. So I feel the same way. People are gonna follow her. What's she supposed to do? Right. Yeah. The GoFundMe upsets me not that she created it because mm-hmm. she probably really felt like she might have needed it. Yeah, and to point. be honest, though, she only requested $1,500. You, you know, I've made a good GoFundMe requested $1,500. I ain't got nothing, but I made one I made about when I was in Chicago. I made about $300. Help me pay my rent. <laughs> yeah. I'm finna graduate. I'm a hardworking college student. Help me pay my rent. I think my auntie sent me $50. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's us. Yeah. You feel me? And, and that's the sad part. The love comes in that form right and that that in itself isn't sad because we do need financial support mm-hmm. however we have to understand this shit if y'all think that these comments are not building content for history books yeah. maybe not the history books that are our children are going to yeah, read but social history books, but social, social you know what i mean there's going to be this social commentary that we spew out so freely creates narratives that is going to be documented yeah, absolutely. i'm a journalism a journalist that is not practicing by trade yeah. i'm not getting paid for it but i am a journalist in my day-to-day in nature, life yeah. in nature you feel me so i'm keeping track of this shit yeah there's gonna be a book at some point mm-hmm. and for that alone we got to watch what we say. We got to watch what we say. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, again, reparations for all. I'm not, I'm so dead ass with y'all. I'm not even going to hold y'all. So the thing with reparations is, and I believe in the Lord, but I do have a side to me that is not as godly. Mm-hmm. I will, t- I will, I will rob a white woman. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> what kind? I will rob. Now, when I say rob, I don't mean like. Put on a ski mask, put a gun to her head. But you're basically saying you would use but a white saying, woman. But I'm saying, yes, or, or the man, the system. If I'm mm-hmm. at Hy-Vee oh, yeah. and that salmon don't scan, I'm not going to swipe it again. Yeah. Like, that's my reparations, yeah, my nigga. I like, if, if 
I can't think of the the small little examples, but they're very, very small and minute. Mm-hmm. Like if I cut off a white person, like ah, bitch, represent reparations. Like I am of that belief because yeah. I don't believe in our lifetime we're gonna see the true um, coming of, of, of yeah, reparations. Freedom. Of- so with that being said. Sue them motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Sue them. And for her, I love that. For the media, I'm not surprised. Yeah. All, every headline I've read, I've expected to read. Yeah. The and Shade Room is not an ally. The Shade Room is and they the troll. most anti- I If anything, they capitalize on these stories. They the capitalize sad, on tea and drama. The sad part is, I'll tell y'all that, and I did a rant in 20... I think it was summer 2019. I did a big rant with the Shade Room after it was around the time Cardi B had like really fell out with them. Mm -hmm. And I had been observing the Shade Room for a long time and I had been feeling away. Mm -hmm. And when Cardi said it, I was like, you know what? Now's my time. I felt supported in speaking on how I felt about the Shade Room. I decided to unfollow them. Mm -hmm. I still go to their page. Yeah. Because unfortunately, that's where the culture is. That's where people be talking. Yeah. I still want to be in the loop. Yeah. I still want to know what's funny. What you know, like I don't want to be that girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the the love of media that I have. That's the love of entertainment I have. Like I have friends <laughs> who are so out of the loop, and I know that's great for them. Mm-hmm. And I know that they judge the fuck out of me. I've mm-hmm. come to the terms with that now. Like this year, twenty twenty has showed me like. A lot of people you love and revere and adore judge the fuck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they they're super mature, social media purists. They're great people in real life, but they think that you ain't sh- I'm not gonna say you ain't shit, but they think that you're extra mm-hmm. because you express yourself on social media. Yeah. Because you're you not so reserved. Yeah. Reserved. Because you don't You just, don't fit in a box. I don't fit in a box. I yeah. don't just show the coffee I'm drinking and, and a boomerang and then that's all you see for two weeks. Yeah. Like, no. If I have a thought that's strongly in my head, I'm gonna write that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm smart enough to click close friends, sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So No, you're good. That's okay. why I stopped watching. <laughs> so <laughs> So with that being said, I'm not I'm not at all surprised that the media framed it that way i'm not surprised that the shade room is running with it the way yeah. they're running with it mm-hmm. but it's not going to stop until i honestly think it we as a culture outside of media have to heal and come to real terms with unity before the media can follow suit yeah because i don't want to blame reality tv mm-hmm. but reality tv puts a spotlight on us shading each other and bringing each other <laughs> and down I, I was gonna say is that like we hate how it's portrayed but we don't realize it's how real. we feed mm-hmm. into that shit mm-hmm. and give them the ammo mm-hmm. to portray us in that way mm-hmm. and so that's why i've had to change my relationship with social media because it's like mm, let me be careful about what i tweet let me get let me be careful about what i comment under the shade room because people can see that mm-hmm. shit and it's like the, like you said, it's like the his, the history books, the internet ain't going nowhere. Put, you put some porn out there, whatever it is. We got to stop acting like we mastered this shit. Yeah. We got to stop acting and, like we're because we're the kids. And we're playing into their game. We are. It's being controlled. Because we're the kids of the internet age, mm-hmm. like, let's just face it, bruh. We all should be millionaires. You know why? Because we were all coding yeah. in sixth grade. Yeah, we were. MySpace? That shit hurts my feelings. When I think about MySpace, like for real, for I want to cry. When I when I think about how much, yeah, granted. Page was lit. Granted, most of us were going to pages and copying, pasting, and, but we understood it yeah. innately. Change the S to a U to make that underlined and Bruh. knew exactly what to Bruh. do. We were building websites. Bruh. We were building when websites. When I got my MySpace to one strip. Okay. One strip in the middle. And it Hours. was um, Lil Wayne playing, but you couldn't see the song. Like, Hours. That was 
a that, you know how much money I'd make for that right now? Yeah. Like that shit's crazy. So I think we get confused mm-hmm. because we are of the generation where the babies of that, where the the foster, where the the head of it now because mm-hmm. we've grown. We do not fully understand the repercussions. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, as someone who loves to read and is an avid fucking reader, yeah. I learned year two in college, my attention span is... That long. Shot. Mm-hmm. Gone. Mm-hmm. I fall asleep. I get sleepy, rather. Mm-hmm. I get sleepy three pages into a book. Yeah. That's sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, this is a journalism major, someone who loves to read. And somebody, that. even poets, we love to read. We have we to read. We love it. We yeah. have to. <laughs> we when, have where to. are we going to do? Pull it from our ass? Right. Like, Right. We have to. So we have to stop acting like because we haven't necessarily seen the consequences unfold mm. that they're not there. Yeah, absolutely. And we're doing more damage to the black community daily than we realize. And that how we, are. we mad and, and I this is not personal. I'm gonna say these names, but I do not personally have anything against the shade room like the team over there. Yeah. I got into it's with Hollywood the, Unlocked though. The we, concept we of had the an shade issue. Room. I actually got into it with a couple writers there. We wow. had real issues. But you know, the content of the shade room, the content of love and hip hop. I used to defend love and hip hop like crazy, mm-hmm. and I still, I still do because yeah. this is how I feel. You go on Facebook and see love and hip hop. Mm-hmm. So, who? Why am I mad at Mona for getting these people paid? Yeah, <laughs> we go on Facebook for free and see. Like literally today, I'm blocked on Facebook, but I still be peeking on it, and I seen three. Cheating scandals, herpes mm-hmm. scandals, baby mama here, baby. Yeah. It, so to me, yes, it's being exploited, but it is actually happening. Yeah. So I'm a core, I'm a, I'm a solution based type of person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at the end of the day type of bitch. Same. So at the end of the day, what's the conclusion? What's the conclusion? <laughs> what are we gonna do? I have very short patience. So yeah. what are we gonna do at our core? So where we're not behaving that way for Mona to hire a camera crew. Yeah. So that we are not behaving that way for the shade room to post. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? That's 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 real. It's like we need to change the behavior before it even gets to the line. Because as a journalist, and that's my issue, mm. I you got to understand the time I became a journalist is so pivotal. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming a journal. I'm studying journalism at a time where people like. I don't know if y'all know Kendall Kendall from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Love him, best friend. He does. Um, is the the Ellen show? No, no. Okay, but Duran or not Duran, someone is on Ellen. Yeah, the little I, you know what I'm talking. I know about. what you're talking about. I forget <laughs> right. his name, but Kendall Kendall. Um, he's actually been promoted now to like hosting some of the Love and Hip Hop reunions, like the side shows or whatever. But he literally would just record episodes of Love and Hip Hop, give his little commentary, became famous, got you know, or you know, social media famous, whatever. Now he's on BET's Hip Hop Award, get, like. Interviewing people? Mm-hmm. I'm in journalism school as he's doing that, bro. Mm-hmm. That's that's a little irritating. It's hurtful. Mm-hmm. I've never, re- I, I will say this forever and ever, even if I write a blog, and I've tried writing so many blogs, I don't understand blogs, I hate blogs, I don't respect blogs. Mm. You know why? Because anybody could just write some shit. Yeah, but I think that's the purpose of a blog, yeah. But, <laughs> but when I see people who are doing the art of just saying, being themselves, giving their opinions, writing whatever... When I see that taking the jobs from people who mm, went to school yeah. and learned this shit yeah. and studied this shit and take this shit very seriously, that's where Problematic I was like, for you. fuck, yeah. this was a dumbass uh, uh, major. Victory, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't blame, I don't, it's again, not personal. It's just, mm-hmm. this is just observation. So yeah. I'm not mad at Kendall Kendall for being on the fucking red carpet. I feel like he deserved it. As, as cool and funny and mm-hmm. personal, personable he is, you know, everything should should align and I, that's his purpose and I'm glad to see it happening. But as long as we have this gray area space of the shade room, the fact that the shade room interviewed Bernie Sanders. They interviewed Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. They interviewed Kamala Sand- or Harris. Harris. 
that only bothers me because they do not then go and apply themselves as a real journalistic um, platform. Thank you. Yes. That was always my beef. And I think... I think it's so crucial because you have a platform as big as the Shade Room mm-hmm. with millions of followers. And it's we can literally to... change the narrative. Yep. And you choose mm-hmm. to drag mm-hmm. people and their stories mm-hmm. and their vulnerabilities mm-hmm. for everybody it, to see. It's like, it's like the Shade Room. Does, it's like their, their world star and CNN mashed together. Yeah. I remember the day when I realized white people could see world star. Wait what? No, <laughs> what? for real. You didn't... I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it's it was implied because yeah. it's online. Yeah, but you know, I never even thought about that. I really thought it was a nigga app. <laughs> you feel me? Like you just you think it's for us. I don't even remember why. What made my brain go there? But there was a moment in time, and that's when I stopped watching. Whatever made me do it, that's when I stopped subscribing to mm-hmm. world star because oh my god the whites can see us doing this shit yeah. they see us fighting they see <gasps> and then there's no and then there's no understanding of exactly. the cultural references because of the it's trauma. a guilty pleasure this yeah. is the thing when you go to comment some shit that's probably foul and against your morals as a whole yeah it's a guilty pleasure mm-hmm. it's a quick little thought yeah Quick. But we don't have we we have to realize that they are constantly watching <laughs> and using are. that against us. And not only are they doing that, we are internalizing it. Yeah, we are and making it our own truth. We are mm, okay. I, I had to remind myself, like when it comes to black love, I do believe black love is revolutionary. But l- let me be very fucking clear: my parents have been married for twenty seven years. Mm, okay, they've been together for over thirty years mm. happily. I. My daddy don't get flowers. I mean, my daddy got my mommy flowers just because. But he's not doing half the shit that these Instagram couples are trying to act like this is just goals. My daddy's not putting on a dress for shit. For nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not for me to shade the men who do do that for the women. But I'm saying that as an example. I've had to really stop and say, ah. What is what you want? What is your relationship goals? What is your idea of a, a healthy marriage? What is What did you see in real life that really works and is mm-hmm. really sustainable? Not no 20-something, 30-something couple that's been together for under 10 years mm-hmm. um, with or without kids. What is it that you grew up seeing? And that is my ultimate example, and that's going to yeah. be my example. So I have to stop and remember that, but... On the other side, when we see those little comments, no mm-hmm. one's stopping and saying, wait, no, sis, you're still beautiful, yeah. even if your edges aren't this way. Yeah. No, sis, you're still desirable, even if you don't clean your bathroom every we're fucking just day. On, we're feeding like, on the negative. You know, like, it, it, we, we got to stop. Yeah. We internalize it. And I'm a very aware person. So I feel like if I'm, if me, if anyone like me, is recognizing how they can start to internalize in their real life. Mm-hmm. And that screen time on the iPhone is a real thing. Yeah. Humbled a lot of us. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it enough. Yeah. What's but your screen time? I, I turned that shit off. Because <laughs> you don't want to know. I was so embarrassed <laughs> with myself. I was like, bitch, what? You're spending like this much 10 time, hours a day? Like This much time how? on the internet? It's sick. How are you doing that? Okay, so let's, let's transition for a second. Because I think that when you were talking about your parents, I think it kind of started, sparked something in me. What do you think, what do you think is the cause of so much tension between black men and black women? I mean, and basic, and from your own personal experience, from the things that you see, from the things that you internalize, from your family perspective, from the things that you see online, what do you think so, is the cause for so much discourse between for, black people? For all of the beautiful questions you sent me, the true root and cause is always going to be chattel slavery for mm. me. I'm huge into ancestral pain. You know that quote where it says, it's something like, it, it, you can't expect someone who was raised on survival 
to understand someone who was raised out of love. It's mm. a quote, something, it, it's something to that. And it yeah. has stuck with me. I think that we have made so much beauty out of survival yeah. that we forget it was survival. Yeah. We forget colorism was survival. Mm. Like, that's what it started at. Yeah. We forget that, you know, men detaching themselves from the family structure was survival. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And systemic. But and systemic. Yeah. But think about it. Like, you're, you, you'd be in love as a black man back in, you know, those days. You're in love with someone. And you want to procreate. <laughs> Knowing your conditions and all does yeah. not stop the way you feel. Yeah. But you have to detach yourself from that woman because she's pregnant with Master's baby. Mm. Or maybe she's pregnant with your baby, but they know that they're going to sell your baby. Yeah. Whatever it is, I just think that it, that kind of trauma does not... First of all, energy never dies. Yeah. So I feel like that is the root of yeah. it, right? Moving on into modern day, where we're not anal being that deep and analyzing everything, I think hip-hop mm. causes a lot of tension. Go ahead and expand, I please. am tired. <clears throat> Let me pour up some more wine for this. <laughs> I am tired of y'all calling me a bitch. Mm. I'm going to be very clear. I had to come to terms with my vernacular, with my vocabulary, sorry, with mm -hmm. my vocabulary because I have a wide vocabulary, but I choose to cuss. Yeah. My mama's a cussing Christian. Yeah. Same. Okay. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. I it mean, spices and it as up. a poet, it's like, it's expressive. It's a part of AAVE, mm -hmm. which for those who do African not know. American vernacular English. Is, AKA Ebonics. Yeah. However you were taught it, baby, yes, it is a real thing. It is. And it is a part of it. Actually, I'm actually pushing that so hard in, at my job because it's like, I don't, I don't want to say what I do, but it's like dealing with people of color and dealing with white people, they don't understand that Ebonics is a, a real it's thing. A real it, Finna is a word to me. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. It you is. Know? It is. It really is. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, uh, we're going to see that in our mm -hmm. lifetime. Mm -hmm. I do believe we're going to see that in our lifetime. Absolutely. I think we that's an easy, quote unquote, easy change. fight for us. Yeah. I do think we're going to see that. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I was introduced to that term was by a white woman mm. on TikTok. Finna? Mm -hmm. No. AAVE oh. specifically. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I had never heard it. Yeah, outside I might have read it a minute ago and didn't hold on to it because mm -hmm. it just doesn't. I don't understand how I would have. It's a nice way to say ebonics. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so that was the first time I got it or whatever. But hip hop, hip hop. I'm sick of y'all calling me bitches. I'm sick of being referred to as a bitch. It has gotten so bad that me personally, as intelligent, articulate as I am. I will refer to any female that I may or may not know by name as bitch, mm. and I'll refer to if any man that I may or may not know mm. as nigga. That's because I am a hip-hop fanatic, yeah. baby. But because I love hip-hop so much and I've been consuming it so much, like, honestly, 2000, when SZA, when did Control drop? Whenever Control dropped up until, oops, sorry. May, June 2017, I will never forget. That was a time. From that until about literally last summer, I was fully in R&B. I'm like, yes, it's a great time, R&B, R&B, R&B. But even them niggas is talking crazy in R&B. Mm. You feel me? Even bitches and niggas is being thrown around in R&B. So because I'm consuming it so much, it became part of my vocabulary, and I can only assess that it also became a way that I view myself, my mm. sisters, the men, whatever. I, I think it. I think that men, um, the when you add hip hop with the access that social media gives you, mm. I think that makes it very dangerous. Yeah. I think it's a very subconscious game. Mm. I think that men know good and well that they are not at all on the level to attract, let's say, Drea. Yeah. I'm just just 
off the top of my brain. Mm-hmm. You know you ain't getting Drea. Mm-hmm. You know it's just a crush. But because you're constantly seeing Dreas, you're constantly seeing girls that are a little closer uh, to Drea, that are maybe you live in Minnesota, maybe they live in Detroit, and they have the look. Because you're constantly seeing that, subconsciously you always got an option. Yeah. There's always something better. Mm-hmm. There's always... Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that, that that makes the the ease of it all. I think that's why men are more easy to disregard or easy to ignore the value in a woman, mm. easier to down talk a woman. You know what I mean? I think that's what makes it a little bit easier. And then also we have to face the fact that a lot of, okay, this kind of goes into another topic. But at the end of the day, a lot of motherfuckers is here off of some good sex. And I just want to be very clear. And I know that sounds really elitist of me because I know that I was a planned child, but I'm going to be real with y'all. A lot of motherfuckers is just here because motherfuckers did not want to get an abortion. Mm. And with that being said, they grew up, maybe there were two parents in the home, but they're being watched Mm. and they weren't being raised. Wow. I know a young man who has two fathers. He doesn't know how to pump gas. He doesn't know how to change a tire. Mm. He doesn't drive. Yeah. And it, it, no, I'm not going to make my decision on if I want to be with you solely on that, but that says way too much. Mm. We have too many young brothers out here who may have had a father figure, maybe did not. Either way, mm-hmm. they weren't being taught how to love a woman. Yeah. They weren't being taught how to be a man. Or seeing real they weren't examples being, of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They weren't being taught how to protect and provide because that really, it's really not black and white, mm-hmm. honestly, because I've come to the terms for me. I'm okay with making more than my man. I need to feel safe. Yeah. Emotionally. Exactly. And financially in the sense of... If I lose my shit, can you handle this shit? I'll put it like this. My daddy lost... He got laid off. Mm -hmm. I I was in elementary around or so. My daddy came home, stressed the fuck out. So now at this point... I think my mom probably was already making more than him probably before then. But he comes back, he's laid off. I watched that man pick up three jobs to to, to provide for us. Yeah. And his children outside of the home. Mm-hmm. And he's done that forever. My mom uh, stopped working when I was 10 years old mm-hmm. from a car accident. So my father has been single-handedly taking care of me, mm-hmm. my mother, and his other children outside of the home for 17 years. years. Yeah. So it's just like off of one income mm-hmm. and, and, and through a recession. <laughs> so for me, it's even if you lose your job. Even if you go to jail, yeah. even if you get bumped off, it's the want to get the fuck back up yeah. and provide. Yeah. It's the want to, all right, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. Okay, I'll cool, cool. I'm going to have to work 16-hour a day. That's safe to me. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because I got to comment on a few things that you said. First and foremost, you talked about slavery, and I think that ancestral trauma is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I read um, Ain't I a Woman by Bell Hooks, and <sighs> in the beginning of that, it talks about the the breakdown of the dynamic of the black woman and the black man and how in slavery black men were only told to work in the field Mm -hmm. but black men or black women were told to not only work in the field but bear children and cook and do everything Everything. and so from an ancestral standpoint it's why it's the reason why we are out here doing everything and niggas is sitting on the couch watching the nba finals Mm -hmm. it's it's it's, it's it's a thing by nature and i think that all that same the same concept of slavery has influenced hip-hop more than we realize yeah oh and the in in the sense of the the fair-skinned woman and wanting the Lori Harveys, wanting the Dreas, and disregarding the dark-skinned women. Bruh, 
Are we ready for this is conversation? Lori, okay, let's go ahead. <laughs> we don't even realize how deep-rooted the trauma is. Um, but then also, too, I think what you said about us, I'm lucky to have a father who led with intention and wanted my mama and chased her for three years. Our daddies were exceptions, not the rule in our specific and I'm cases. And I'm realizing that. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing that I was blessed to have a father that wasn't just trying to get a nut. Mm-hmm. He cared mm-hmm. about the, the garden in which he put his seed in. Yep. That is not the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so when you're leading with only sex and wanting sex, the foundation is already fucked. And you don't realize how that transfers over to your seed. Mm-hmm. And your seed then starts doing these same toxic behaviors. Come on, Kai. Because I'm with I, you. I, it, it, it's it's insane. I, I My last situation ship, right? Mm-hmm. I thought the baby mother. Because this is the first time I actually give a fuck about someone who has children. Yeah. I talked to guys that had kids. I just And I didn't even realize in that moment how much I did not care about the guy mm-hmm. <laughs> until I started dating this other guy. And I'm like, fuck, I care about, like, I got to meet your baby mom because I want to be around your kids at some point. And I personally, as a woman, mm-hmm. I don't care if that's not a requirement for her. It's a requirement for, for me. me. Yeah, I want to meet you. I mm-hmm. want you to see me. Yeah. I want you to feel my energy, yeah. hear my talk, so you can and judge know for yourself. that your kids are good. Right. And if there's an issue after that, then I know what type of situation I'm dealing with. You feel me? Mama. Exactly. Exactly. I'm dealing with a baby mama, I'm a BMBD situation, yeah. not just, you know, two people who went their separate Co-parenting, ways. Yeah. Right. So he literally said to me, because we used to talk about kids all the time, but he dead ass said this. He said, yeah, I just want to get my kids out the way. Mm. And he thought I was going to just sip my drink, sip my Hennessy and mm-hmm. laugh and no, bitch, let's talk about it. And yeah. sorry, when I say bitch, that's unfortunately still how I talk. I would never call a man a bitch unless he's already been disrespectful and deserves to be that. And if I do call a man a bitch, yes, I'm ready to get punched in my fucking face. <laughs> let's be very clear. Um, but no, so I'm like, excuse me, skirt. Yeah. You know, like, because they were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, him and his, his the mother of his children, they actually were in a relationship. So I'm like, you just totally took the love out. Yeah. You totally took out the fact that no, You wanted children with this woman. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're trying to downplay it so that I feel some type of sense of security, because it don't, because I'm a woman. Yeah, and I'm going to be keen for you to... I told him, baby, I said, baby, it don't matter what you say to me about that girl. Until she called my phone on some crazy shit, Mm -hmm. I'm on her side. Right. You can't tell me how crazy she may or may not have. Most women don't wake up crazy. Yeah, no, it's we're provoked. Most, most. There are some crazy bitches out there, but for the most part, you you did some stuff. Even if she suspects you're cheating, you're not, you're moving sloppy. You're doing something you don't need to be doing. That's enough to throw a woman off. You feel me? Especially a woman that's in love with you. Mm -hmm. So I said, so you didn't care it could have been anybody yeah it could have been anyone you had kids with then it just so happened you were in a relationship with her and that's basically and that's the problem that's the problem is that you're not we we love we gotta stop this we we love sex and don't get me wrong sex feels amazing it's beautiful but we don't realize how powerful of a of a of an action it is an exchange it is and the repercussions of that Mm -hmm. and if it's not led with love if it's not led with intention that's going to show on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Children is not something that you just do. It's not just a repercussion. We need to be planned. Not only of. is it not a repercussion, some people think that's just what you do. Yeah, that's no. Do you know I have like five younger cousins? When I say younger cousins, we're talking 18 to 23 or 4. Mm-hmm. 
that have multiple children. Mm. I'm 26 years old with none. Yeah. They look me dead in my eyes. I'm like, when are you going to have a baby? Yeah. It's not just something to do. Do you know how hard it is for me to bite my tongue and I say, why the fuck do you have any? Mm. Why? Yeah. Because, oh, because your mom had a couple by this. Oh, because oh, you, you you got your GED. And yeah. it, like, it's just a thing to do. It's a tax return. Yeah. It's a, well, you're supposed to be procreator. I thought I wanted a baby. I just want women. This is what I would really love to see our women do. Say you wanted a baby. I do. I'm sorry. There's, now some women do have children because they are just that firm against abortion mm-hmm. and they are that firm against adoption. Mm-hmm. All of y'all are not getting pregnant off of the condom breaking. If you have a bomb to drop, drop it. <laughs> because we're not going to act like you there's know, not things that we can do in our day-to-day lives to prevent these children if we're on the spectrum. No, and you're absolutely right. Now, to be honest, if we want to go there, I think there are some people who have children for the lack of love mm-hmm. that they received as they were a child. Yep. And, and it so might be subconscious. Yeah, no, it, conscious, it subconscious. Is, yeah. But either way, people are trying to fill a void mm-hmm. by having children. And, and that's where us having the fathers we have, that's where we get a leg up. Did you always know your parents were dope? Or did it get to a point where you start learning of other people's situations? You were like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a combination of both. I think I always knew my dad was fly and dope as fuck. We was <laughs> riding around in that two door Mazda. Okay, your daddy had a two door. Mine's had a, um, uh, a two door trail something, a Ford trailer or something. I don't know what it was called. Trailblazer. <laughs> um, yeah, we would. My dad put me onto some Bob Marley, Lucky Doobie, Tony Braxton, Madonna. Put. Black Street, so many, so many people. And so I always knew that my father was dope. It took me a long time to realize how dope my mom was. Wow, that is the same. It was like, damn, Shorty bad. She's like <laughs> my best friend. Like, can I, I can't wait to be you. I can't wait to grow up. I get to be you. That's crazy. That's wild. And it's, it's I, and I told you this before the show, that's why I have to move so, with so much intention because mm-hmm. it's like, I realized how intentional my father was. And it's like, without moving with intention and just moving for myself and not moving for the repercussions or what could happen three to five years from now, I, I could bite myself in the ass and fuck myself up mm-hmm. by not being purposeful by what I do. I have to be intentional about who I lay down with. Mm. I have to be intentional about who I exchange saliva with. Mm-hmm. I have to be intentional about all these things because if I'm not, I'm going to breed repercussions that I am not ready for. You know what I mean? And then, and then I realized too, I told this to my friend the other day, we make our kids feel like a burden hmm. Because we didn't, because we didn't rid ourselves of our own personal burdens before having them. Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does it? It's like we guilt our children or our partner or whoever because we didn't do the work that we needed to do. And it's it's generational. Yeah. And I and I almost can't wait to see what it looks like in this new generation of kids when they're 20 yeah. and they're in their 20s. I really I want to see because I hate to say it, but I'm very critical. I'm not I don't hate to say it. I mean, that was a lie. I love to say it cuz it's real. I don't I don't want to bash anyone is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. I don't let, let me just preface anything that I'm saying this is not coming from this is an observation point. This is a personal experience. This is a I want us all to win standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. With that being said, I w- there's no excuses for us. 
sorry. If you've had a child within the last five to ten years, there's no excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, we know too much. Mm-hmm. And if you do not know, we have too much free access to yeah. learn. Yeah. This beautiful podcast episode that we're recording right now, there's a hundred others out there that motherfuckers could tune into mm-hmm. and catch a gem like that. There's shows. There's just too much information. Mm-hmm. There's too much out there for us to be better, to mm-hmm. not choose to do better. Right. So I'm very interested. First of all, these 2020 babies ain't shit to play with. I'm, yeah. Mark my words. Whether they parents is in tune or not, they were born in a time of of, of access. The the planets yeah. alone gave them a a, a level up, mm-hmm. a step up. You feel me? So they're definitely going to be better than us. So I'm very excited to see that. But generationally, that was a parenting style. Yeah, nigga, I work from nine to nine. And I put clothes on your back, mm-hmm. and there's a roof over your head. Yeah. Like it was something about the '90s, and everybody yes. was beating on their kids. I used and... to, I used to always say because having two parents, I was very blessed, and everybody thought I was rich. Oh my god, you're yeah, rich. There's an assumption that when you grow up with two parents, that you don't go through shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't. And you start to internalize it. Nope. I when I was making fucked up mistakes as a young single twenty something living in Chicago with nobody that I knew there. I went through hell at night crying to myself, like, how could you make that decision when you know your dad? Yeah. How could you do that when you know your dad loves you? Mm-hmm. And we start to internalize it, but then it goes, <laughs> human. Mm-hmm. My mommy had to remind me, baby girl, it's called growing pains. Right. You either learn who you, you either go out into the world to figure out who you are, mm-hmm. or you, elect, you allow the world to tell you who the fuck you're going to be. Big facts, come on. And that's basically what my mom told me. She mm-hmm. said, you chose to, because a lot of, a lot of, there's, there's so much shit that I don't have to go through. I learn from others' mistakes. There's so because I'm so such an observer. Mm-hmm. There's so much shit that I just take heed to, yeah. and I don't need to be in that position to learn it. That when I do go through some shit, mm. I beat myself up even more. Yeah, same. Because it's I'm like, like, how did I? How did I allow myself to go through that? Yes. How did I not know better? And honestly, let's just we. I'm so happy I'm here with an equal because. <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. Okay, I'm here with an, my equal. Okay, we have. <laughs> to tarnish this narrative honestly i'm starting to feel the narrative of the absent father and mother has become a crutch to go to your point though it's not having a father or not having a mother i realize that i speak from a place of privilege because Mm -hmm. i had both thank you yep i I speak from a place and i had both but that does not mean i didn't go through shit Mm -hmm. we are speaking from a place of privilege so let's educate some of those who who Maybe may not naturally have, have the assumption that if their father was there, they would have been equipped with certain emotional because, And that's the thing is that I was just watching a TikTok today that talks about men. When they don't have a father, they look to society. Mm. And society says, okay, well, you got to wine and dine a girl. You got to mm-hmm. spend this kind of money on her. You need the baddest car. You need, the, the, you, you need all these things. But to be a man is to provide period not just financially and when you are living in the age of feminism mm. i make my own coin boo i don't need your money it's <laughs> it's more than just financial stability and when i look at my parents dynamic mm-hmm. it's like oh okay so my dad was providing the finances but emotionally could he have been more supportive mm-hmm. and they don't pe- when you grow up in a two-parent household people assume like you just live in a cookie cutter life no i didn't have all the emotional support that i needed and we're coming off of the generation where i, I still believe marriage is a business but i don't think that takes the love it, out uh, of it. it no it definitely I don't is. think that means just marry someone strictly for I don't, no 
I think we're coming off the end of that era. We're mm. coming off of, because my parents are late 60s babies. Early 60s here, yeah. You feel me? So they're coming off of where Papa was a Rolling Stone and it was a quote-unquote secret, but it wasn't a secret. Yeah. I have an auntie I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have, my, my Papa went and did his thing and you know what I mean? And so I feel like coming from that generation, being the second coming of it, our fathers are just doing the same thing they seen their fathers yeah. do. Yeah. Providing in the sense of, like I said, my daddy came home. I don't know if we were recording or not when I was talking about this, but when my daddy got laid off for the first time when I was young, his stress was different. That stress is different from, oh, my car needs to get fixed or, oh, I need to be here, but I don't have the, you know, the normal stresses. That stress was like, I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. I lost my job. Mm-hmm. I have a wife and a daughter in this household that mm-hmm. I have to provide for. I have a son outside of this that I have to provide for. Mm. His whole world was Changed, shooken up. right. And that was the value on the surface that a 10-year-old, 9-year-old Kai could could perceive. Mm-hmm. But it took me to grow up to see my dad did give my mom the emotional support. Yeah. My dad is my mom's dead-ass best friend. Mm. And they're kind of, I was just over here today, they're kind of going through it with quarantine. I ain't going to hold you. Yeah. Like, I've had to Quar- actually listen. get in the middle of, like, in, not an argument, because my parents legitimately do not argue. Yeah, you don't It's a to, debate. Yeah. And that's why I tell people all the time, that art, oh, people, no couple's perfect. Y'all got to stop with that shit. Yeah. Y'all have to stop. If you choose to argue with your partner, in my personal opinion, it's already toxic. It is. I'm not now an argument versus a debate and a disagreement, totally different. Yeah. But arguing is. Yeah. I, you know, actually, I do. Sometimes agree I with tell them fuck off, though. No, I actually agree with that because I think that it's one thing to come to somebody and say, hey, this is bothering me. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to pick a fight with somebody. Mm-hmm. And coming off of this. Or to build that, it up. Don't yes. say shit, let it build yes. up, and then you blow. Yes. And, I and think that's natural. That's another. But yet. To it's, blow. It's, and it's a trauma response, but mm-hmm. at the same time. It's not healthy. <laughs> but see, arguing feels good. It's just like we were talking about with the shade it room. It, it, a part of us, I think a lot of us, a part of us, it does. Because it's a release. And this is what I will say. Okay, so when you're blinded, when you're either blinded by love. Or dick. I'm dang, sorry. Oh, that's, I was going to say I'm lust. Sorry, or but dick. that was the same. It's the same shit. Yeah. You feel me? Plus dick ain't you? never. It, me, I'm so happy to be blessed in that way. Dick has never moved me. Mm, I can't release. I, 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 look, I know. <laughs> I, I had to stop responding to my cousin on Facebook today because she had made a post like, when that toxic nigga dick something. And I'm like, girl, can't relate. And she's like, oh, you never. No, trust me, baby. I've had I've... a nigga. There's a nigga out there right now that's on my block list that blew my shit the fuck back. I'm talking about we damn near made love. You feel me? Like it was, it's everything. But for me personally, I've always, I have a, but I'll be honest with you. I personally feel like I have an unhealthy relationship with sex Mm. because I genuinely can detach emotion Mm. from the physicality. Honestly, in my history, the guys I care about, either there was no sex or the sex was Mm. very meaty, like very more than just once or coming in five minutes or or not not catering to my needs. But I love you as a person. I've always separated. Because again, sex is for an act. It's for Mm -hmm. procreation. It's not a verb. It's It's to do. Yes. You do sex. That's the problem is we lead with our personal pleasure and it's not about, it's for a reason. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But basically, it's just like, I forgot what we were saying again. So just so y'all know, we are drinking. Yeah, if we, we keep are. any this of this in, <laughs> if we keep any of this in, we're drinking. So bear with us. Um, What were we talking about? Your parents arguing. Um, I was saying how it does feel good sometimes to argue. Yes, that's what you were saying. Like, we fall into it. Like, like okay, so before we were recording, I was telling you how 
I don't do well with the gray area. And I feel like when I do lean into the gray area, I come off toxic. Mm-hmm. So ending my last situationship, we're still communicating mm-hmm. for different reasons. But at the end of the day, I know now I have feelings for you. Mm. I know now I care about you. Yeah. So anything I say that does not flow with I have feelings for you, mm-hmm. I care for you is an act. Mm. It's a guard. Yeah. And that's what I think is toxic because Ooh, talk about it. This man texts me. It's like it's almost like a defense mechanism because you don't yes, want to give into that. Exactly. He told me I'm not going to bother you unless I have this or that if I had to talk to you about XYZ. Mm-hmm. I had realized that a couple weeks <laughs> that went by, he had not been talking about XYZ but had been hitting me up. So mm. this last time last night, he texts me, "Yo, I said, "What's up?" just instantly just not even thinking about it. And then like an hour go by, the motherfucker don't reply. So I replied, what the fuck do you want, G? That's not cool. Yeah. Then to wake up to a text from his mom telling me he just got arrested. Mm. Yeah. Point I'm making with this is my last words would have been, what the fuck do you want, G? Mm. If something were to happen. Or if he might get out. Go to his phone and see them. Like, no, I'm done with this bitch. She, yeah. I needed her. Yeah. I was finna come pull up on her. And yeah. if I had went to pull up on her, I maybe not had got arrested. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I mean by it ends up toxic because yeah. I'm not being real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I appreciate you acknowledging the fact that hold on, I was talking reckless off the mouth because I think that sometimes as black women we do, and I'm gonna be accountable. We do that. It's like your feelings have you. You have every right to be hurt. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, how you say that is going mm-hmm. to make all the difference. I think what it is is that we're not being real about the things that we feel all the time. And that we're oh, not communicating the real. This is what I was going to say. You feel entitled to let that shit go. And mm. that's what I mean by we kind of like to argue. As black women, I think even if we're acknowledging or not, we compartmentalize. We you, deal with the We lie. feel it. We do. But what do you mean we feel entitled to let that shit go? What we do you mean feel like, bitch, I just had to cold switch for eight motherfucking hours. I just had to put aside the fact that you're staying here and you're not paying no motherfucking rent because you can't pay no rent because Mm. you're looking for a job or whatever the case may be. I don't feel like cooking, but you ain't got no money for us to go out to eat. And I'll be damned if I spend another penny on it. You know, all those little things build up into your own personal situation. Everybody's situation is different. But that's what I mean by we feel entitled. And even I think some of that ancestral pain comes out. But, okay, I want to come for black women for a second because... We have entitlement. It's masked with entitlement, but really what it is is resentment. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Let's it's, call it what it is. It's resentment. No, let's <laughs> Oh, my God. This is, is too close to home. It's res. <laughs> no, it really is. It's resentment. <laughs> and it's like, how can we be mad when we are allowing this behavior to go on? And Dear- so I had to ask myself. Am I mad at you and what you're doing or your lack of what you're doing? Or am I mad at myself for allowing that shit to go Very true. on? Dear baby mamas, he told you he didn't want that baby. And it does not make him not a deadbeat. Mm. But his actions and or his words Tell you, told every, you that, that he did not deadbeat. want that baby and he's a deadbeat. So at what point do you take accountability? And I want us to take accountability. And we have to. And that. Coming off my last season, it's like, ooh, baby girl, you got to be honest. I got into it with someone um, that I I used to work with. Mm -hmm. We rekindled. We randomly found each other on Snapchat. He pulls up. We're smoking. He casually, like, you know, you're catching up. How are you? Do you have kids yet? Do you have more? you got more? Because he had had, I think, maybe two kids when I knew him. Mm -hmm. And so how? You have a girl, whatever. 
Oh yeah, I got some twins in Wisconsin from a bitch that I fucked on a white girl wow. that I fucked on a one night stand. But fuck them kids. His own seed. In his own words, fuck them kids. Now we all know the late and great Bernie Mac coined that term, and I say it all the time. And in the right context, it's funny. As it's hell. funny, and it's not. It's not a necessarily poor thing to say about your own children. Right. But when you are rekindling and connecting with someone mm-hmm. that is seriously asking you about your life, mm-hmm. you don't say "fuck them kids." Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I told her to get an abortion. I asked her to get an abortion. I said, but why did you fuck anyone mm-hmm. unprotected?" And he goes. Well, I was just drunk and we were kicking it and da, 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 But you got to be accountable for your actions, That's baby. the accountability I do want our men to take because this is my thing. You guys mm. have to understand. It does not matter what we say, do, whatever. At the end of the day, you know it that that decision it ends and dies with her. It begins and dies with her. I mean, a man can proclaim all you want. Like, men who are against abortions are fucking clowns to me mm. that speak about it publicly. If you yeah. feel that way, you can feel that way all day long in your own personal situations. But to speak on it publicly, I think you're a fucking clown. Because the only control you have is what you do that night. Mm. Whether that's wrapping it up, pulling out, or choosing to not have sex. Yeah. That's all you have. Yeah. It may have taken both of you to create the life that's in a woman, but at the end of the day, that's her body. A woman could think that she's okay with abortion and joke about being okay with abortion. And then she gets that seed in her stomach and, and it's a completely it's like, different story. Oh, shit, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That does not make you not a deadbeat. Right. Because you choose not to be in the, ch- the children's life because right. you told her you didn't want it. That does not make you not a deadbeat that, because you paid child support but want nothing to do with those kids. And to be honest, that goes back to society too because I think that the traditionalisms of society make men feel as if they have the entitlement to a woman's body. I had an ex-boyfriend that was like, oh, my ex, that was just my sex toy. Mm. that was a black queen (laughs) that has so much intellect Mm. to you she was nothing but your sex toy and that was supposed to flatter you and that was supposed to flatter Mm -hmm. me that was Mm -hmm. i'm like oh no you don't have respect for i am somebody to be respected at all times yes i might be toxic okay (laughs) but (laughs) in time to time but at the same time if you want to lay down and do that action you have to be responsible for the consequences of the potentiality that listen life can be bred from that at the least can we just use that as a way because this is what i learned i was watching oh what's the show it's two black men. Oh, they're younger. It's a it's a podcast. It's on YouTube. It's really going to bother me. I want to say it's like the roommate section, but I, I think I'm pulling it out of my ass. So please do not hold me to that. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking please about. Please don't. But <laughs> they had a former relationship love coach, a woman, a, female, a woman on that show. She had some type of surgery where she had to take testosterone mm. for a certain amount of time. And I believe I felt her when she said, I, I felt bad for men. Mm. I could not see my husband as not a piece of meat. Like, I was, she was craving dick from mm. that man. Yeah. Every empty, idle second that she had. Oh, wow. She was fighting it. She actually got on, like, she's in her, at, the, at this point, easily in her 40s. Yeah. Doesn't need to be on birth control. Is starting early menopause, but she chose to try to get on some type of birth control to add estrogen levels Mm -hmm. to stop the testosterone that she was getting from the other medication because it was so real. And she said that was the first time that I understood 
that shit is real for y'all. Uh, like, I know the statistics. I know the data that men lead with physicality. But when you can actually feel it, it's different. Yes. Mm. And she said it made me empathize differently, but it does not make me take away from the accountability Be- because you are still an adult. And we know it's not a question. A lot of times people try to frame sexual health to benefit them. Mm. I can't tell you how many guys definitely every guy that looks at me just assumes I'm clean. Mm. They just assume, oh, you don't have any STDs. Because you look like you clean. Yeah, you look clean. What mm-hmm. the fuck you is looking clean? Right. I hate that. As someone who has taken it upon herself to do se- study sexual health, I actually want to become a sexologist mm-hmm. at some Same. point. Same. Like in my older years, oh my God. Oh my gosh. I want to talk to, I want to talk about sex. I randomly <laughs> led a panel on BSU in college one time, literally full of black sex educators. I had like walked into, I wasn't prepared that day. And they were like, well, you host it. And I let I moderated it and I learned so fucking much. When I tell you, these people were trying to tell them people, y'all think herpes, I'm so sorry, I have to get into this. This is very important to me. Mm. Y'all think herpes is a look. Mm. Y'all think herpes means, oh, you're just you fucked 15 people and it it literally is the same exact risk risk of having a child mm. the same exact risk meaning you can catch herpes with or without a condom you can get pregnant with or without a condom yeah we don't move like that mm-hmm. our media our churches and our school system does not it fails us they fail us on every end mm. i love body positivity yeah. i love women owning their sexuality but we have to be very very clear be very very real going out and fucking whoever and doing whatever comes with consequences even yeah. if you go out and fuck the wrong person one time it has its consequences. Yeah. So while we were raised to, oh, be ab- it was abstinence or nothing. It was yeah. abstinence or you're just out in this world, right? And we all know, ain't no 17-year-old, 16, 18-year-old, not no, but majority of us aren't looking to be abstinent at yeah. that time in our life. So we're going to go out and explore. No one's telling us the why. Yeah. Let me tell you the That's why, the baby. Let me tell you the why. Herpes can lie dormant in you for up to 10 years you know what's crazy that's how my father passed away oh my god well, that not, was my next point no not not herpes but, but lie- syphilis yes he yes! Could, he contracted syphilis around 30 years old never got treated for it and lived a whole life yep had hella kids yep. and that is what consumed and took his life mm-hmm. and so while we out here just fucking and sucking on anything mm-hmm. That's why in this season I am so celibate because it's like very celibate. I'm not even talking abstinent at this point. <laughs> I'm you better like, come with a ring, baby. Because it it's <laughs> it can like I I realized when my father never told me to have sex because that was his demise. Yep, but you didn't know the why, so you had to go out and figure it out for myself. Exactly. Did you see Chirac? Yes. <laughs> Spike Lee, yes. Uh, for those who have not seen it, there's a premise in it that basically the women decide to withhold sex from the men to change the community. I believe in that. That's mm. a real thing. And I honestly want to start that revolution. Yeah. And I don't know none shit, and I don't know hateful shit, and I don't know bitter shit. I, think I want these men to understand that at the end of the day, truly, yeah. the way you're running around is all driven by lust. Yeah. It's driven by lust. And the thing is, though, I think black women have to give in to that, too, or have to be accountable for that, too, because yes. we... You, we, fee- our egos, our lack of self love is what yes. feeds on that and preys yes. on that. I have and to be accepts it. and accepts it. You cannot say niggas ain't shit if you sitting there taking that ain't shit nigga dick in the same sentence. You cannot say niggas ain't shit. Pause, comma, maybe two minutes go by. 
but I need some dick. I can't tell you. That's what made me actually start studying. Before I had that panel with the sex educators, I got sick of being in the club with my friends who talk shit about they niggas the whole night or but the then whole go out week. And then go back. And then we go out and it's, yeah. I miss my nigga. I need some dick. And, yeah. Sis. It's all lust. 2,000 years later. I'm sorry, but I'm about to get into another topic. We as a society don't understand what rape is. Mm-hmm. So that's nothing. Or, or violation. Whew, we don't. Whatever, but whatever I think, you want to call I think it. we as a society just don't respect boundaries, period. Not at all. Okay, but let's talk about the difference between rape and molestation, though, because Ooh. there's definitely a difference. I honestly think molestation, con- con- it, it includes anything adolescent. So when I say that, I mean either the predator was also an adolescent or mm. the person that was preyed on was adolescent. Yeah, okay. That makes sense, yeah. And then I consider rape anything of cog- adult cognizance. Even if you're 16, you understand mm-hmm. more. Even if you're 14 sometimes. You're a minor, but you understand, like, adult no. Adult Yeah, like, you understand the context of it, and it's it's probably someone who's older than you. A 9-year-old, 9 times out of 10, isn't trying to rape a 14-year-old. Right, right, right. So even though, even if a 16-year-old did it, they're both, they're minors. Well, mm-hmm. I still consider that to be rape because at 14 and 16, especially moving forward in this society, we know right from wrong. Right. Sorry, you mm-hmm. just I sit at the dinner table with people that molested me, hmm. but I don't feel because they're under molestation. They were also minors, yeah. And I know for a fact it was done to them. Hmm. I don't harbor any resentment to yeah. them. It's not until I see traumatic shit play out in my situationships hmm. when I see that I don't value myself. And yeah. again, going back to my personal that's unhealthy real. relationship with Same sex, sense. that's why it. I think I detach from it. Mm. I think I detach emotions from the physicality of it because I, not to brag, but I'm just being dead ass. I can have good sex with anybody. See, okay, that's some real shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I have the opposite problem. Okay. I think that, oh God, I'm getting into my trauma bag. Let's do it. I think. We got wine. I think that for me, it's like, well, if I have sex with you, you get access to everything mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's mm-hmm. like it's it's my trauma response because people took from me in my childhood that's normalized to me mm-hmm. so when you fuck me good then therefore you get access to everything even if you don't deserve it does that make sense and it's hard for me it's hard it's hard it's hard for me to detach because that was my trauma it's It's, literally the opposite yeah it's the exact opposite that's That's why i understand it because i understand the headspace that you're in to to make that decision Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that you went on the other side of it it's like keep fucking me because you're fucking me because you're fucking me for (laughs) pleasure i feel it's a pleasure thing I think that's what it is. Because my, my trauma, I don't want to say my trauma was pleasure, but my trauma is all I knew. Exactly. So it's, when you're actually like, oh, shit, I like this. Mm-hmm. You're kidding So to therefore, me. I'm going to tolerate all the bullshit. Exactly. And that's what I have that to be accountable for. That makes a lot of sense. That's what I have to be accountable for is like my lack of understanding of my trauma and the severity that my trauma has had on my being. How long do you think you suppressed it? Oh, God, 27 years. Okay, yeah. Because, because I would mention it. I would mention, hey, I've been molested for eight years of my life, but never did. My, I had a friend in December ask me, talk to me about your molestation. Tell me word for word what the fuck happened to you. That's a and friend. I, and I realized that was the first. <laughs> That's a friend, baby. That was, hey, Terika. That, that is a real that friend. That was the first time that I had ever 
told anybody what the fuck I had gone through. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, holy shit, you've been making decisions Mm -hmm. out of this trauma. You've been allowing people to treat you like shit out of this trauma. Mm -hmm. You have to be accountable for that. And I give I give myself grace because I didn't know better. Exactly. Right. But in the same breath, that doesn't make it any less traumatic. That doesn't Just make it any less toxic. Piece of little small tiblet is someone who is a masochist. Acknowledge it and move on. If you, you have, have to, even if you have to do it every day, yeah. Even if you have to look at yourself in the mirror and acknowledge it and then say nope, but for the rest of the day I'm moving on. Make that a priority mm. because that's something I didn't do in my healing. My cousin was murdered in 2013. I was forced. To start my healing journey. Yeah, when you when you lose a tragic when you lose somebody that, that magnitude, absolutely. And the crazy thing is, I wasn't trying to be strong in that time. I naturally became strong in that time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until that moment that I was starting to outwardly crack. But up until then, at the time I lost my cousin, her best friend was pregnant and her sister was pregnant, mm-hmm. and her mom is her mom. Mm-hmm. I felt like fuck me. I gotta be everything for them. for them three. You feel me? Yeah. So. The first, I'd probably say year and a half, I wasn't even cognizant of my anxiety or the choices I was making or anything. So once I became a part of it, now we're probably two years into the healing process. Now I'm beating myself up Mm. because the narrative is your daddy was in your life. So you don't get to make any mistakes with men. Yeah. But unfortunately, probably up until this point, you've heard nothing but the narrative of people without their their fathers and how it impacted them. I'm going to bet. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of people talking about I had my father in my life and I still fucked this nigga I knew I shouldn't have fucked. Said, I had I my father in my life and I still got my ass beat. I did. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, and so with my situation, I actually blacked it out, mm. and I'm still. And I that's why I said I suppressed it. I haven't. I still haven't reached. I don't know what age I'm gonna be, mm. but I know prior to the the incidents that I remember. I know where shit happened. Mm. I feel it. Yeah. I see it. Mm-hmm. My triggers are damn near everything. Men have asked me after that relationship, did your nigga, your nigga used to beat your ass like a flinch. Mm. Why am I flinching? Mm. No one, to my knowledge, to my recollection, to the day-to-day, no one put their hands on me. I never got my ass beat. I mean, mm. yes, men taught me how to fight. Mm-hmm. My daddy taught me how to fight. My cousins beat my ass in the kitchen and told me, you can't get out this motherfucking kitchen until you beat our ass yeah. to teach me how to fight. That's a trauma response. That's not why I'm flinching. Yeah. I know that's not why I'm flinching because I knew the intention of all of that. Mm-hmm. I know there was some shit that worse happened. Yeah. Because and now that I'm an adult, I've learned more about the molestation in my family. And I'm like, oh, you got touched too? Mm. Oh, oh, that happened? And that's the oh, problem oh, oh, is that we don't talk about those things, but those things fuck us up. And we be I, so cool. And we be, and that's what I realized. I, you know what's crazy is me re- actually just talking about my molestation made me realize how strong of a bitch I am. Mm-hmm. It was like, hold on, wait, you went through that as a child from 6 to 14 years old, didn't talk about it, lived a whole life dealing with other people's trauma. Yes, let's you, talk about it. Dealing with other people's <laughs> trauma and you still standing and doing shit? I think that's one of the toxic taboos that, like, in the, the black community that is not discussed but needs to be discussed because it happens. And it, it happens because it's constantly, it, it's something that constantly happens, but we don't talk about it. So therefore, it's one of those things that just kind of gets hushed. But we don't realize the effects that that molestation has on our spirit. 
this is where I need to, I really got to learn to give myself grace. I'll tell everybody to the day I die to do it. It's something I need to learn. I don't know what that looks like for me yet. Mm. I'll be honest. Yeah. I just say it because I know it's what needs to be done. And I want that for all of the women around me. Right. But what does that, when did we have the time? <laughs> like, when did and we my have the my time? My therapist, she to talks about that. She's like, that. when you're a child, you're just trying to get through it. You're living, and especially when you're a black child. Thank you. You're just trying to get through it, and then you hit this point in your twenty somethings where it's like, ooh, hold wait on, a wait a minute. Exactly. You're watching, and, and then I even feel worse for men because I can talk to you about this, but to have a man on this show to talk about his molestation, unheard of. I think that there are so many toxic taboos that aren't discussed in the black community, molestation and rape being one of them. And, and it's something I we give, know. And, and the thing is, I give, I have made so much peace with the people who have molested me mm. because like you said, I understand why you did it, but in the same breath, it still needs to be addressed and acknowledged because that's happening to somebody's baby as we speak. And until we, until we acknowledge that, I feel like we're going to be in this constant loop of being toxic and suppressing that because, and that's, that's the stuff that we always suppress because we don't know how to talk about it. There's no space to talk about it. No. It's awkward. It's that one. How do you say of... cousin day day molested me when everybody has this perception of who cousin day day is in this current day and it's time? It's even deeper than that. You might have that perception. Mm. You might be cool with day day. You feel and, me? And suppressing and so, the You fact, know what I mean? Ooh. Because you know Day-Day was just as innocent as you and he ain't trying no shit now of a cognitive but or cognitive. But it still bothers. Right. But mm. because he hasn't done anything in our adult years and we know where we know we know. Right. You know what I mean? You suppress it as well. Right. Subconsciously. Yeah. My question to you is how do you feel about the idea, the action of girls young black women being told go put some pants on when men mm. come around or go go cover up or whatever child 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 because that's been a real child, big thing on tiktok lately. child 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 on black top <laughs> it's so frustrating because especially in the black community and that's why i say black or women breed toxic men and i will die a on whole this hill different segment this is part two and coming in march mm -hmm. um it's it enables a culture that is so toxic. It tells black girls that they are unsafe in so many ways. It's you have to be different because this person is who they are instead of you being able to be all that you are and the innocence that you are because of pedophilia or trauma. But or That's not what we call it. That's that's what pisses me off. We don't lead with that. It's, oh, it's you just, just, oh, no, your uncle's here. Your brother's here. You're, you're, you're and we don't realize how that translates outside of the mm -hmm. family spectrum. It's mm -hmm. so sick because mm -hmm. we need to talk about it. Yo, your titties, they might, yes, your uncle, but sexually from a testosterone standpoint, he might be looking at you different. Therefore, you have to do certain things to protect yourself. If somebody would have said those words to me as a child, it's like, okay, I under, I kind of understand. We can talk about, about it more later. But in the same breath, we're teaching women to be a certain way and not teaching men to be any different. And that is the problem. Mm. That is the problem. It's like, how, why do I have to do all these things? Why do I have to, you know, take out the trash and, you know, I can't stay out to two o'clock in the morning and my brother can have girls over, but I can't. I have to adapt. I have to change. I have to conform. 
The wine is speaking. <laughs> but that also goes back to the resentment we were talking about. When I mm. said arguing feels good, that is a part of what I'm talking about. Mm. Because, bitch, I've been having to throw a sweater on every other Tuesday whenever my uncle pop up. Like, it's all of that. Yeah. I just was telling my ex. I told him, I said, because I spaz on this man. Mm-hmm. He knows the depth of my anger issues. And I'd be asking myself, why the fuck is he the person mm-hmm. that you unleash on? Mm. He really ain't did nothing to you, yeah. for real. But I feel comfortable and safe with him because I know he'll take it and still love me. Mm. And I think that's why I continue to unleash him on mm. him. And he knows that I don't want to. Yeah. He knows that I hated my damn self. Yeah. He knows I feel sick afterwards mm-hmm. as well. So it's not, it's, it, it, I can't there's call a it empath- toxic. There's an empathy and understanding. It's like that's we what get love to is. dump onto each other. When you other. can understand why somebody's doing something and love them through that, right. that's what love is. Go ahead. And so I asked, or I was telling him, with my anger, it's never that one thing I'm telling y'all about. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm so good at compartmentalizing that I have comp- I've compartmentalized shit from when I was five, mm-hmm. shit from when I was six. Mm-hmm. So when I feel a little, oh, this is your moment. Oh, it's open. We can open the box a little bit. Yeah. I'm not just mad that I got a ticket. I'm not just mad that you told me to come at six and you're not ready. I'm not just mad because you forgot to book our our flight for the right time. Whatever it is, it's everything. Yeah. And because I'm so logical mm-hmm. and analytical and I do not want to be wrong, that doesn't mean I'm fake. That means I try to cross every T and dot every I before I go to fuck off. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Before I, I try that. to spaz or whatever. That's me as fuck. <laughs> Once I feel like, oh, I'm in that lane, it's all coming out. Yeah. And that's what I mean by the resentment of arguing feels good. Mm. Because you do not acknowledge it. But when you're slapping on that, snapping on that nigga because he came in at 4 a.m. or he didn't do this. There's so much other shit that's that, behind that. You're really unleashing that five-year-old molestation. Yeah. You're really unleashing the fact that you and just left Thanksgiving dinner with three people who molested you in the mm. same fucking dinner table. Yeah. And you aren't really mad at them. And yeah. you're upset and confused as to why you're, you're not, not mad. mad at them. Yeah. How, how can I still love somebody that hurt me i'm gonna that, tell you i actually got to a point because there was there was one family member that molested me a little we got 10 minutes guys okay i'm just gonna say this a little bit past we were a little older than yeah. i think mm-hmm. we should have been but i love him mm-hmm. and it makes you think what's I wrong with see me myself not love like i yeah. would never and then i learned that he was touched too mm. i learned that very recently yeah so then that adds more empathy mm-hmm. and but I, more complexity because it's like how can i love somebody who was hurt me exactly so the tension between black women and men i think that like for me i'm gonna speak personally i was raised to expect rape my mm. mom did not sit down and say, you're going to get raped. But my mom sat down and said, this is what the fuck happens. Mm. My mom never told me to cover up. I was a fat kid. Yeah. I wasn't wearing crop tops because I was a fat kid. So she never told me to change my clothes. She never told me to act any way around people. Nothing in family. Because mm-hmm. she just didn't see that in her nephews, uncles, whatever. Mm-hmm. But... She definitely either from her words or from the content she allowed me to consume as a child let me know that rape was pretty much inevitable. Mm. So my issue is not the molestation in my life. I've Mm. actually, I think it plays a part of my triggers, yes, but I don't think I carry it with me every day. Mm. The way I do, like I said, I have an unhealthy relationship with sex because as an adult, the the rape that has happened as an adult is different. Mm. You feel me? Yeah. 
that shit is different. And so not being, even as someone who does not like the Bill Cosby and our, like, I think I have a very, I very much have a hot take on R. Kelly and, and Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. period. I, I definitely do. But I also feel like because as a little girl, I loved SVU, and SVU does a really good job of trying to show us that rape comes in all different sizes and colors. I wasn't grasping it. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, I realized I gave in to situations that were rape, but I gave in because I didn't want the bloody nose. Mm. I didn't want the rape kit. Yeah, I didn't want to try to fight. I know I, that men taught me how to fight, and I have fought men, but I never liked it. Mm. I Every time I fought a man, I feared for my life the whole time I was mm-hmm. fighting. Every swing, every punch, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to die. Yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. You feel me? The strength of a so man is different. It's different. So because I did not want to go to that, I just become numb. Yeah. And I know how to shut it all down. And I think that that is what unfortunately is toxic mm-hmm. because we have to face those traumas. Mm-hmm. We have to face those insecurities. We have to face the fact that we make ourselves small mm-hmm. to, to not give in to these big powers mm-hmm. that be mm-hmm. to keep the peace. If that makes sense. It's, it's fucked and up. That, because it, it is, it's so fucked even up. Even like, like the guy said that like wasn't that good at sex when I, like, I care about him or whatever, I allowed him to nut in me because we had had sex. We, this is an on and off again 10-year situation. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the off, but doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. familiarity, the love, the whatever has been there for over 10 years. Right. So I trust you. And you nut in me within two minutes and you don't feel any remorse i have to tell you like yo i need money for a plan b mm-hmm. like and and, and and there's more things to worry about than the plan b so that was just a stupid but the reason i bring that up and it's a very it's not a flattering moment the reason i bring that up is because in the moment of sex i still to this day fear speaking up mm. i still fear the aggression of mm. being raped. I fear the That's physicality real. of being raped. Wow. I feel the 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 fear of this nigga could really put a pillow over my head. Like honestly, I really go there. Yeah. And the reason I go there is because a from the knowledge that I have mm-hmm. and the experiences I've had. Yeah. I've definitely had men try to kill me for less, mm. much less. I have a stalker that lives in Chicago right now. Very active and alive and still trying to stalk me from mm. afar. I have no idea how this man contacts me. Mm. I've blocked him on 13 phone numbers. Wow. And I only gave him my number because I knew at that point three women who had been violated for refusing to give their numbers to men. Mm. So I said, hey, I'm going to just give my number out and then block niggas. Right. But that particular night I didn't block him quick enough. So I'm still in the after set and he texts me, I see you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then yeah. I was lit, forgot to block him the next day. You know how that goes, whatever. But I literally had at that point three women just said no to giving their number. One was pregnant, got a gun upped on her, got a gun put to her belly and her head mm. for not giving her number. One got beat the fuck up and had a big ass knot on her forehead in a public place downtown Minneapolis mm. because she did not want to give her number. The other also got a knot on her forehead because she did not want to dance on this individual at an after set party filled mm. 
with black men as security. Mm. So you have to understand that I'm thinking, well, shit, what's the opposite of what they did? Right. I'm going to give in. Right. <laughs> That's I'm the opposite of what they did. They head. said no, da, 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 and they got beat the fuck up right. or a gun pulled on them. So I'm going to say yes and go about my married business and block this motherfucker. And that still wasn't enough. So all of that trauma, the fi- whether you've been through it or you heard of it, that still builds trauma. You yeah, feel me? Absolutely. So there's men that I have laid with conscious and in my 20s, young, where I'm like, like, I just don't want to get my ass beat. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't want. The and it's stress so sad how you. it's sad how we give in for yeah. the sake of it's. It's you pick your trauma, you pick yes. your battles. Very that's really it's like so. no, you really do. Excuse me, pick your poison, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And I feel like when we do part two, we can get more. I mean, I think this is all black women versus quote unquote black men in the sense of the the tension mm-hmm. and all of that. I think Lucky that when we do part two, I want to have a black man on the show too, though. One eternity later. All right, so let's we're gonna have a part two. This is gonna be toxic taboos part one. Okay. And the next time we have this conversation, we're gonna have a black male here because I know I'm gonna get feedback and people are going, "Why you have a perspective of a black man?" I'm aware. I'm aware. Why do you have a perspective of a black man? (laughs) Cause y'all have your own shows, aka the Joe Budden podcast. True. Which and and to be honest, though, I think in this space we did a really good job of being honest about the the toxicity of black women too. Yes, we did. We did start it, and we were honest. I was honest. I think it's. I think it's fair, respectful, and it makes sense to have a man, a black man, on it. But at the same time, I'm, I can be the mediator. It's fine. I won't have one next time because I'm a little Cause bit. Because don't get Zay. Just don't get. I know he's out of state, but like no one likes Zay. I love Zay. Zay is one of my good because friends. Because we're not going to get what we're, you know. True, true, true. I, need, I do need somebody That's a little an bit anomaly. more abrasive. That is an exception. He's an exception to the rules. He very a, much is. We, we got to get the rules up in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Kai, uh, two more sections on the show. Good vibes. I like to leave the people with a piece of positivity to help them get through the week. You know, life is throwing bullshit at us every every which way. So go ahead. What's your what's your good vibe this week, guy? Okay. So my good vibe for the week is I implore everyone that is listening to find five or more comedians that make them laugh that make you laugh from your gut like Mm. from your gut not no surface laugh like five comedians that are living because i'm referring to social media i want you to get your algorithm together because Mm. i think it's easier to tailor your algorithm and the content that you're receiving than it is to just stop Mm. being on social media yeah so find you five comedians that make you laugh my some of my favorites are Lil Duval um DC Young Fly I love 85 South show anybody listen their podcast is hilarious (laughs) I went to the one in Chicago I had just moved to it was so weird but I went to one in Chicago it was great like I really implore you to get them in your algorithm you'll just see the change in your explore page and to see how small that is Mm. and how it can help your improve your vibe improve mm. your energy it makes you a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. It may even if someone's you know fucking up your vibe you can be like oh did you see this video like whatever it is mm-hmm. i just um want to implore that you get some comedians thrown into your algorithm whether that's youtube or whatever and to overall fill your day with laughter mm, so absolutely. you know your humor you know what tickles your fancy let's do more of that absolutely absolutely my i love that because <laughs> As I've been healing, I'm like, bitch, I be making myself laugh all the time. And don't I you hate funny. the dark laughter, though? It's I'm like, like I, I'm why lo- am I laughing at this? Like, everybody thinks I'm vibrant. <laughs> I am a dark bitch. 
like, I've I got a very dark sense of humor. my traumas and shit. Demons. I be laughing at my demons. We be cracking the fuck up Cracking up. I'm like, Loki, don't give me a mic in the stage because <laughs> the trauma will speak hey, for itself. Hennessy, you going to be sitting up there with a stool some Hennessy. Making everybody crack the fuck up off my demons. The fuck? <laughs> my good vibe is pain will not destroy you. Refusal to face it will. Mm. That was me. That's fine. That was the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was and cut. <laughs> Period. That was what we, we got we, we gotta stop being Say afraid of emotion. Time. Let them know. Let them know. Pain will not destroy you. Refusal to face it will. Mm. And that's honestly true because you're gonna be harboring all that. It's gonna be sitting in your fucking chest. And it's gonna be like, oh, what's eating away at me? When you face it, it's like, hold on, wait a minute. I feel better. I have I a family free. member that I really want to sit the fuck down, and I really hope that she listens to this watches this i'm not gonna say your name but it's been a minute and i'm ready to be your partner in healing and i hope you sit the fuck down and you're ready and you're ready and mm. let that pain like come on sis right it's okay because that that quote is hitting me for yeah, you the glory is on the other side you don't yes. even know yes. you don't even know it's scary like, i ain't gonna lie it's gonna look it's gonna hurt yeah we gonna cry like i said i will be your partner through it all yeah. i like to dump i like to be involved in other people's shit to keep me from my shit because i've been healing <laughs> a little too hard that's, a, that's what libras do though oh, <laughs> that's what libras do so listen to that quote bitch <laughs> <laughs> You've got mail. All right, Kai, followers on fleek. This is your opportunity to let the followers know where they can follow you on social media. Follow me on IG. It's Binka Badu. Mm. And that's B-I-N-K-A as an Apple B-A-D-U. Um, I am on Clubhouse. I believe it's my Clubhouse is linked to my Instagram. So if you go to my Instagram, you'll find everything. My link tree is on there, my clubhouse is on there. I am starting a podcast. Hey, we love to see it. You'll have to be on it. Okay, but period. You know, I got it, the work. It, <laughs> it's called The Podcast About Nothing. Hey. Um, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, so mm-hmm. anybody that follows Seinfeld will understand. Um, so that will be on YouTube and all the great shit that I can put it on. <laughs> um, but right now, just being about do at Instagram. I also do freelance writing. So if you are starting a business, please hit me up. I do too. Are you a copywriter? Like I you? am a copywriter. I am too. I'm a copy editor. I have not got into grant writing yet. That is a laziness issue. It's not a competency issue. I just literally have been doing other things but mm-hmm. when i sit the fuck down i got you yeah i can get niggas out of community service right now okay. you know i'm on that type of i level. get you a new job i get you a new job i do resumes oh, I, I do, do brand too. kids Come media on. kids uh, any literally anything that is writing because people don't like to read and write that's what a copy no for real is. like if you have to write a, a email to your boss i got you like yeah. i literally i've actually made templates for people mm-hmm. to send to their bosses in different situations so hit me up for that i also sell waist beads african waist beads hey. um but i need your measurements she said, i was about to say she said let me know your measurements like it, it's, it, it, it's at us. the point where i'm being shady because it's just like <laughs> for real y'all i don't know what you want from me like i literally need to know your measurements like i have have the beads I, I got it i'm ready um what else i think that's it so yeah look out for the podcast follow me on instagram i do waste beads i do freelance writing and that's it that's what's up black queen in her moment though 2020 is the breakout year the fun as for me y'all can follow me on instagram and twitter at jandelta underscore ray that's j-a-n-d-e-l-t-h-a underscore r-a-a we getting back to our bag in this season like with with each day i'm like hold on wait i'm rebuilding i'm reforming i'm getting back to who the fuck 
I am. Plus more because we healing from trauma. Fuck you thought. If y'all are feeling this content, please stay tuned because we have guests lined the fuck up. We're moving with intention in this season. Subscribe. Right. Thank you. Apple Interact. iTunes. Or let me say Apple iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Okay. Uh, Google Play. Um, SoundCloud. I think that might be it though. <laughs> for now. She meant for to add now. for now. Part two will probably record. Facts. Kai, do you have any last words for the people? Even though I know this could be a five minute second. My last words to the people is you ain't got to do shit but stay black and die. Mm. And on that note, peace, love, and hair grease.